I feel like we can run the table. I really do. It just takes one. We get one under our belts. Things might start rolling for us, and we can run the table. Boom! Welcome to the Run the Table podcast preseason episode two. Slightly later than we'd liked but here we are this is the podcast where we review and preview any happenings in the fantasy football space we shine a special and accusatory light on our own personal league joining you today will be aaron bobby and myself benson let's kick it off boys with some news how are we feeling about that jamal adams trade big it's a big one it's a big one (laughs) (laughs) no it's um he's been shouting and moaning for a long time about getting out of there which isn't a surprise, yeah. uh, but I think I'd say it's not a surprise that he's been traded. But I think it is a surprise that uh, I think two first-round picks is is a bit of a shock. Worth yeah. it, I, I think. But I think he's 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 such a great safety. I think it, I think the two first-round picks is definitely worth it. I just yeah. think it was a bit odd from the turnaround. He seemed quite well, not necessarily happy, but the chat that came out in February was that he was willing to stick around. Right, they restructured his deal a bit, and then. But then if there's anything that Russell Wilson needs, it's not a better defense. I mean, that team is going to be better to have him. Are you a bit scared with your 49ers, Bobby? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Well, I read somewhere um, Pete Carroll was saying that one of the reasons they they got Adams in was because of Kittle, my boy. And they needed <laughs> some help handling him. You get you get another another top-tier athlete to try and contain the beast. But we'll see it. We'll see how it goes. I think it, I think it's interesting for for Seattle because they they love wheeling and dealing their first round picks, and I think um, like uh, some people were saying that you know two two first rounders is is quite a lot, but but actually their first rounders are always you know with the wins that they get their first rounders are always pretty you know fairly low down, and I think with with all the COVID stuff happening and the season, you know who, who knows what's going to happen over the next year or two. So I think I think that might be in part their thinking you know let's snag ourselves a premier player right now over the uncertainty of what may be but yeah that's good for them i mean it's just gonna it's only gonna help that team and they always draft so shit anyway with their first yeah. round pick so it's, <laughs> it's kind of like we'll get rid of if you got rid of one first round for like a good starter i feel like that's that's a pretty fair deal like the chances of you getting a first round a starter with your first round pick, I'd say like seven, like maybe seventy percent. But then they get like an all pro and get rid of another one. It's kind of yeah. like I, I'd, I'd do that deal. And uh, what do we think about the Washington football team placeholder name? Washington football team is just terrible. It is terrible, but but I think I think it's I think it's so terrible. It's genius. <laughs> because because it's it's boring as fuck, and and that's and that's good. It's 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 a play directly out of the Roger Goodell playbook of just be boring and hope no one talks about you and let all the bad news just drift away into the background. That is the thing, isn't it? The news yeah. that came out has been in, like immediately nullified by the fact that everybody's just gone. Oh, that's so bad. Yeah, exactly. And Everyone's just gone. Oh. <laughs> it's gone away. Everybody's forgotten. They're almost yeah. just embracing like mediocrity now. Like, they're, <laughs> they're, they're preempting the fact that this team is going to be terrible, and they're like, "Well, let's have a terrible name as well." And you know, everyone's going to be like, "Ah, it's just Washington football team." 
and they're gonna they're gonna wait and then hopefully next year some like maybe Haskins will turn out to be all right, who knows, and they'll do a big rebrand and be like, Yeah, we're ready to go. Their new yeah, logo like... looks like it was done on paint as well. I don't know if you've seen oh. it. <laughs> yeah. It's just, just like a yellow W. It's, on it's budget. This maroon it's background. real budget. Yeah, it does look <laughs> it looks like the interns been given a go, like <laughs> One yeah, someone's daughter's on work or son's on work experience, and they've got them in. Exactly. Yeah. Want to do the logo for the Washington football team? <laughs> but yeah, no. Nah, I mean, but like I say, I think well, at least every, everyone can move on now. I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see how long they leave it. But I mean, at least for this year, it's just going to be Washington. But I mean, they've got so much that they've got to sort out in that in that front office. Like <laughs> <laughs> after all the reports and stuff, like yeah, they they've got a lot that they need to figure out. Ron Rivera's the guy. I reckon he'll just he'll ride right. that ship. He's a dude. He's the right man for that job. I wouldn't mess around with him at all. Yeah. Bit of a beast. Mm. But yeah, uh, names, I don't know. Maybe you can call them the Riveras. Or... Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll just stick with some Native American term. Like some of the ones that they that they were throwing out there on the odds, I saw it was like, it was like the Generals or the Sentinels and stuff like that, which I don't know. I don't know whether they'll try and put, I don't know much about like Washington State historically there was other stuff as well that they might swap to dc rather than washington and just do a complete rebrand like the dc defenders or something like that which i thought was was quite cool move away from their name completely i mean there's a lot of history there but the reality is in recent years they've been terrible so (laughs) it wouldn't be a bad thing to to maybe move on a bit there was um a team up in durham called dc presidents so (laughs) they might even just like completely rip that off them the president's is that the Durham County Presidents? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Fantastic. And what are we thinking about the uh, the AB suspension after he's retired and then reinstated and suspended and now the Seahawks want to pick him up? It's just, it's another one of these things, you know, like talent wins over everything else. Because like, he went proper batshit. Like some of his social media posts and stuff that he was spouting last year when it was all going off like yeah he just seemed like such a divisive force it just seems yeah. weird to me but he's crazy good at football so someone's gonna have him on their team and and someone's gonna benefit from having him in there towards the end of the season do you know what it's like i've just realized it's it's like the crazy hot scale for girls but with, yeah. with sport like crazy good <laughs> like how good do you have to be before before a team will sign you no matter how crazy you are and I think AB's flirting with the line, man. I think he's close. <laughs> he's he's too good to to not pick up, but he is <laughs> he is crazy. Do we think he'll actually play this season then? Yeah, for sure. I don't. Yeah. I definitely think he will. I think he will this year he started like trying try to prove that he's a bit more mentally stable, and he, he sounds like he's been doing some things to like help himself. And that, I think that's the major issue, isn't it? It's not his footballing ability because you know last time he played, I think he got over a thousand yards. Even that like one game he played for the Patriots, he still true. He still he still looked good. He was still AB, you know. So yeah, like there's no doubt he's gonna play. Um, it would just be. I mean, the Seahawks are a are a great shout for a lot of reasons. Obviously, it sounds like they're interested, but you know, so what one of the teams likely to go to the playoffs are going to pick them up and they're going to have a, a difference maker. Yeah, it's got to be a team that are a still relevant at week eight and can probably afford to not play him or have him be like second or third fiddle for two or three weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see San Fran maybe looking at him as well. 
because that would be a yeah. major boost. Imagine like Wike getting like Debo and AB at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it would be crazy. I did hear hear them floating that around, um, but I don't know. I, I I don't know. They they've put a bit more of emphasis recently on character and and drafting a certain personality type. I think over over recent years, like like I mean, there were years gone where the Niners would just they, they would take a few more chances on players with you know like off-field problems and so on but i think recently they've been trying not to do that but like you say hey like i think any team that if you get into week eight of the season and their team's looking good i think a lot of teams would consider taking them on on a one-year deal you know just saying look come in here help us help us win the big one and lastly what are we thinking about we'll type the news section um some talk about the covid what do we think about players holding out and then players now actually being put onto the the uh COVID list. I think a lot of the opt outs so far have, have kind of been lower tier guys, and then there's been a, there's been a few that will affect, I guess, the teams, and then fantasy, I guess, more relevant, but not many. I mean, the Patriots have lost a few guys on defense for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I think fantasy wise, that 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 bears in mind because I mean, the Pats defense was so dominant <laughs> last year, which was good for yeah. me. Uh, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and and I think you know, looking at mock drafts and other stuff. Um, yeah, they've been going quite early, and I wonder if that will temper some of that expectation on those guys now. It has to. When you start losing the middle of your the middle of your defense, it's it's got to affect it badly. Yeah. Have you seen the talk that some players are holding out because of um, contracts and there's there's actual money situations where if the season is cancelled halfway through, that they lose out on their guaranteed money. They're actually opting out this year to ensure that if when there's the next full season, they they get the guaranteed money. Which is an, another angle, yeah, I hadn't thought about. I think there's other players who, I mean, the contracts get so complicated and there's going to be players in loads of different situations. And for some players, it might make more sense for them to just say, actually, yeah, I'm going to sit out, I'll take a bit of cash. I mean, like, was it $150,000 they get yeah. they opt out mm-hmm. or 350 if they've got a health reason? Which, you know, obviously, like, it's not a lot of money compared to some of their contracts, but still, it's nothing to to sniff out they'll be all right for a year <laughs> it must be yeah. tough for these lower level dudes who are like i can opt out and get 150 grand guaranteed yeah. but then if they do opt out they miss like a whole year of football and if they're on the cusp anyway there's a yeah, high chance that, that when they do it. come back they're not they're not yeah exactly that's it yeah. it might not be a bad idea for them to opt out and then they get 150 grand and they figure out what they're going to do for the rest of their life <laughs> yeah yeah but that is not fantasy relevant. <laughs> I guess a few of the ones that, that might be worth bringing up, like Devin Funches for the Green Bay Packers. So, you know, now Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, really doesn't have anyone. <laughs> yeah, another one of his potential weapons. If if you class Funches as a potential weapon, <laughs> Marquis Goodwin kind of completely muddying who Carson Wentz is going to be passing to this year because I thought Goodwin had a decent shot of taken a few targets, but not anymore. Yeah, especially with Jeffrey being out, he would have definitely had a, had a good chance there. Yeah, and then you draft a rookie in the first round who has, what, four padded practices before he plays his first real NFL game? Madness. Because, yeah, that was something that came out recently. I think it's four or eight. They have four or eight full padded practices before the season starts, which is... It's going to be tough for the rookies, yeah. Mind-blowing. Can you imagine that? A couple of padded practices and then, boom, someone like Aaron Donald comes in and crushes you first game of the season. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, oh my God, what's happening? But then obviously the, the big holdout is Damien Williams. Yes, 
Yeah, that was left field. That's a big one for fantasy. Yeah, how high does the Clyde Edwards Hilaire hype train go now? <laughs> that, that sounded more like a trucker, but I think you get the point. <laughs> I know. His like projected ADP and stuff has has ranged from like first round to like third and fourth. It's just he's definitely someone I was looking at as like a, a good upside player, but I think I feel like his price is going to be sky high now. Damien Williams not being there will definitely solidify he's he's going to be up there now yeah. i'm absolutely fine with you boys taking him in the first round <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you have you have you aaron have you done any projections for kansas city yet yeah yeah i've done all of them yeah this is where i feel like i'm i'm missing a trick a little bit because a lot of these analysts and stuff they all now have Clyde edwards hilaire in the top 10 i guess us playing standard doesn't help Standard scoring because he's, he's more of a more receiving like a rec- back. He's built. He's a smaller running back. Yeah, he's like five eight, two hundred and seven pounds or something like that. So he's yeah. he's small, but yeah, I I have him down at running back sixteen. I feel like that's still going to be a bit of a timeshare. Not not a timeshare, but I feel like the DeAndre Washington signing from Raiders to Kansas, mm. like in in a division rivalry, they see enough of this guy. They see him twice a year, every year, and he played with Mahomes at Texas Tech. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. He was a decent Raiders. Player player like mm-hmm. he basically just didn't get a shot they they played Jalen Rashard over him and that is just mind-blowing so I think him him coming in I, th- I think he'll steal you know like at least a 20% share of the carries and I just feel like either I'm missing a trick or <laughs> everyone else in the fantasy industry is missing a trick <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, it's probably the former but nah back yourself no but I, I, I'm not completely on board with this hype train yeah it's gonna be interesting to see I mean, he's he's the only running back really with like immediate starting potential. I feel like every other running back rookie is yeah. kind of in some form of a timeshare. So it'll be interesting to see what a shortened offseason will do for him. Right, boys, shall we move on and play a game? Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> I've done some uh, fantasy analysis this week, which for those who know me will be quite shocking. This week, we are going to compare 2018 Cam Newton versus 2018 Tom Brady. Ooh, <laughs> cue the suspense. So as a, as a precursor, see, keep this in the back of your mind, Newton only played 14 games. Brady played the full 16. So, Oh, mate, I hope you've been aggregating. I haven't aggregated. Did he? Was that where he did the shoulder at the end of the season? Believe so. Yeah, I can't even remember which injury it was. Didn't he do his foot or something? Anyway, here's with the stats, Benson. Here's with the stats. Okay, so who had more completions, Brady or Noon? Total completions. Total completions on the season, non-aggregated. I've left it non-aggregated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe should have done completion percentage, mate. <laughs> it's it's in there. It's in there. So, but okay, we'll get completions okay. first. Total completions. Yeah, I, I think it's Brady. Bobby's gone Brady. I'm going to say Cam because I think the Carolina Panthers back then will have thrown the ball more. I think the Patriots were quite run heavy in 2018. Nice. Okay, so we've got a Brady and we've got a Newton. It was Brady with 375 versus Newton with 320. So that wasn't that close. I mean, yeah, 14 games versus 16 games. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so, well... this is now back over to you, Lindley. Who had the higher completion percentage? Brady or Newton? 
Oh, I'm going Newton, baby. Oh, <laughs> I'm all about Supercam. I think I think you might be right because that was a year that they were really trying to go quick strike, pass offense. Norb Turner's first year, yeah, yeah. Kind of. yeah. And he was trying to get Cam to to yeah to just get the ball out of his hands quick. But I mean, I, I'll go Brady because Brady loves it. Brady loves a check down. So <laughs> <laughs> it's Newton. Newton, two point one percent higher. And you want to guess what the rough figure was? I'm going to say Brady sixty two and Cam sixty four. Ah, oh, yeah, undersold him. So sixty seven point nine was was Newton. Brady sixty five point eight. Wasn't that his best year for completing percentage? It must have been. It it will be by a long way. By a long way. Yeah. by some other stats I've got down here, I think that was his best year. <laughs> um, maybe a slightly easier one. Who had more tuddies, throwing tuddies? Or maybe not easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to go Brady again, 16, 16 games. Yeah, five. Yeah, you know, I, I, think, I think it's got to be Brady as well. Yeah, this one was 29 v 24. So I, get, I guess with those two games, Brady got a few more in. Like, this next one is, is really going to separate the men from the boys. Who had more rushing attempts? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Cam. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cam, Cam comfortably won that uh, 101 attempts versus Brady's 23. No. <laughs> but I bet you Brady got like 250 yards off those 25 attempts. <laughs> <laughs> well, this, this next question... And this is this is me aggregating. This the, you will not find these facts on the internet. Who had the better <laughs> rushing attempt to TD ratio? Here we go, men from the boys. Rushing. So is that is that all touchdown, all types of touchdowns, or? Oh no, no, all rushing touchdowns versus all rushing attempts. I like who this. I like this. That, this is a new one. Mate, we're pushing the boundaries of the fantasy football world here. Yeah. yeah, I think I think it might be. Tom Brady. Uh, okay, I'm gonna have a quick go at this. Then I reckon, I reckon Newton got like five touchdowns at 100 carries, so that's what, like 20 percent. I I reckon, is that right? No, five percent. We'd need to edit that out because that is horrible maths. <laughs> <laughs> it's five percent. Um, yeah, Brady. I reckon Brady was like 10 percent, and Cam was two uh, five. My God. Yeah. It's Brady. I'm going to say that confidently. I just wanted to work that out again because you questioned my, I questioned your maths and then I was like, hang on, if I get this right. Brady. Brady won. Uh, so Brady had two TDs for 23 rushes. Cam had four for the uh, 101, but he obviously had a lot more yards. And now for the yeah. final question, the final question, who had more overall fantasy points? Cam. And this is, this is close. Really? Oh, I think I think it was. I think that year, like you say, I think it's. I think that year didn't the patch run a lot more. I reckon. I reckon Cam as well. Both going Cam. Both got it right. Two hundred eighty-two point six fantasy versus, and, and this is what surprised me. There's only there's two points in it. Two eighty-two point six versus two eighty-point three. That's quite good. You want? Do you want a bonus round? Yeah, absolutely. Who doesn't want a bonus round? <laughs> He doesn't want a bonus round. Okay, so I then had a, a quick look, and for those who know me, they really are surprised that I, I delved in this deep. 2015 Cam, so superhero Cam, dabbing Cam versus 07 Brady. Is everyone familiar with the, the 07 Brady season? Yeah. Extremely familiar, yeah. Extremely familiar. <laughs> Was that their unbeaten year? 
Um, that was his 50 TD year, I think. I didn't check uh, what the game. Yeah, it must somewhere be. Christoph so, Cox is uh, rolling his eyes, <laughs> screaming. So I've just given you a hint. Is this 50 TD season? So instead of going through the paces and testing, I, I mean, looking at the the passing um, attempts here and and stuff like that, Brady outright won in every category, and you compare that to the rushing attempts uh, for Cam. Cam obviously won in that category. I mean, rushed for 10 TDs, Brady two. So instead, I'm going to bring you to the final question. Who had more overall fantasy points? Was it Brady or Newton? Got to be Cam. It's got to be Cam. Those like the rushing. I just feel like the, the rushing yards and the rushing TDs make such a difference. If you think about it, logically, though, like 10 rushing touchdowns is like 60 yeah. points which is like 15 passing touchdowns. And if Brady got like... Got 50, yeah. Let's throw a mixer in this. He did get 15 more passing touchdowns than Newton. Yeah, but then there's the yards as well on the ground. Uh, yeah, Newton. I think Newton. You think Newton? What are you saying, Bobs? Yeah, yeah. I think same. Yeah. Super calm. Both got it wrong. 390. Oh, Ooh. One point in it. 390.04 uh, for Brady. <sighs> Cam on 389. I mean, both huge seasons. Love it. But Brady snuck it in. Probably those two uh, walking TDs that pushed him over the line. <laughs> we'll have another season like that. It was fun. That was the. Uh, it was fun looking through those stats. I mean, it was it was a great find to see that their uh, their two best seasons that they had were like one point apart. I thought that was crazy. Let's move on to our feeling stick time. I have something from school that um, made me think of you. It's a feeling stick. Whoever's holding the feeling stick has permission to say whatever he or she is feeling without being judged. I'll go first. Um, I feel like I want to know what you're feeling. I guess we can put in the new girl clip here <laughs> over the top, play that out to introduce us into our weekly fantasy hot take. I will hand over to Erin Lindley. The feeling stick section is is a weekly section where one of us will be handed the feeling stick and we will be allowed, without interruption, to say our unpopular opinion on fantasy this season. So I'm going to start with the Houston Texans and their outlook after trading away arguably the best wide receiver in the whole of the NFL. Everybody is giving head coach Bill O'Brien, Billy O'Stooge, a lot of stick, a lot of grief, saying, can this guy even run a football club he can can't even imagine he could run like a mcdonald's never mind the whole football franchise he traded away as i say arguably the best wide receiver and he got back an old decrepit david johnson and a ginormous contract to go with it but i think the houston texan offense will be better off without deandre hopkins and a few reasons why i think that firstly deandre hopkins is very much now a possession receiver his, his yards per attempt last year were uh, below 12, which is relatively low uh, in terms of league-wide averages. Although he does help a lot on fourth downs, uh, or third or fourth downs, which which are key. You know, he dictates coverage. I feel like Watson forces the ball in. And to be honest, it affects Watson's passing efficiency. So I, I feel like in a vacuum, if they'd have just traded away DeAndre Hopkins uh, and had done nothing around that, I wouldn't be saying this. But they brought in Brandon Cooks. They've brought in Randall Cobb, who him in himself is a possession receiver. And I'm nowhere near as good as DeAndre Hopkins, but he's a possession receiver. I think that with David Johnson, who is a receiving threat, will allow them to spread the ball around a bit more. 
and it should help uh, Deshaun Watson get back to his previous efficiency metrics like yards per attempt, which were up in the low eights as opposed to the, the mid-sevens where he was last year. Are you done? Have you put down the cool. feeling stick? <laughs> I've, I've put down my feeling stick. Uh, I've got my kind of hard exterior put on now. I'm ready to get abused for this opinion. I can't believe you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and Randall Cobb in the same <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's outrageous. Uh, like... Uh, I, I get, I, I do, I do get some of your point. It reminds me a bit of when the Lions lost Megatron. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I was, I, was, I feel like that that was going to be, you know, that was going to be argument. But I think it's not just the fact that they got rid of Hopkins. I think it's it's the circumstances. The trade itself just seems so bad, so bad. But I guess if we're talking like pure fantasy outlook, Hopkins just represented so much of of the passing attack for that team mm. and getting Brandon cooks in is good. Like, like he's, he's a real good player, but sometimes I don't know if he's, he's the same difference maker that Hopkins is. I know what you mean, but like, it's that, it's that typical, it's that mentality. Like you say about Stafford, where Stafford would just force the ball in week in and week out of Calvin Johnson. Yeah. yeah great. Calvin Johnson had almost 2000 yards in a season, probably the best season a wide receiver's ever had, but it did it help their offense that much. Uh, Probably not. I mean, the only thing I say, Lindley, is you mentioned that his yards per average were like twelve, was it? And that, and that is, he's a possession receiver, and you're saying that that that's negatively impacting the team. But I've just had a quick look, and Michael Thomas is actually ranked lower than that, and and he's also often classified as a possession receiver. So, are we saying by your logic that the Saints would be better off if they got rid of Michael Thomas? Yeah, I definitely think that <laughs> that logic can be applied to that situation. I think Michael Thomas, <laughs> if we got him on, imagine we got Michael Thomas on. If Michael <laughs> Thomas was on this podcast, he'd probably agree that he was a bit of a possession receiver versus someone like Mike Williams, who isn't. But I think more than you losing Michael Thomas, you think about who you've replaced him with. And it kind of comes full circle because Brandon Cooks used to play for New Orleans. But having DeAndre Hopkins there and having him command 30% target share on a team which I don't think passed the ball, you know, an excessive amount, had a terrible defense, so that probably would have helped. But he was on a team that didn't pass the ball a huge amount. You can't warrant bringing in a guy like Brandon Cooks, I don't think, onto your team and Randall Cobb. And I think having, I personally think having Randall Cobb and Brandon Cooks on one team, allowing you to spread the ball out and keep defenses honest and, and moving them around, that, that will be more beneficial. Bobby's still reeling from the Bobby's had enough. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, yeah. No, like, like, I do, I, I do get what you're saying. I think. Nah, come on, don't, don't agree with me. That's the point of the, the point of this. I get my time to talk, and then you can abuse me as much as you want. Hopkins oh, is so good. He's just so yeah. He's he's really good, and they traded him away for such a shit deal. A second round pick, David Johnson. Like what? What? Let's flip the question slightly. Do we think the Cardinals are going to be improved by the fact that they have Hopkins? Yes. No doubt. Yeah. But they spread the ball around. But will he now, will he be a possession receiver for them or is he, or will they keep him honest? Yeah, he has to be. I think that's what his game like has become now. I think he, he's become this guy that literally doesn't drop a ball if you throw it in his vicinity. 
No, I think, I mean, it would be interesting to see what the Texans do this year. I think trading Hopkins away for what they did was a bad deal. But Deshaun Watson is real good. He, he is, he's real good and he knows how to win football games. And I think he will make it work with the players that he has got. But I would not go as far as to say that he will be better off without Hopkins. I just feel like when you've got those key game situations, you know, you've got a key third down. You got a fourth and goal. Sometimes you need those guys. You need that guy that you can trust and rely on for sure. And that was definitely Hopkins for him. Yeah, the guy's a beast in the red zone as well. But then it might, it might, similar to what it did with Stafford, it might cause Deshaun Watson to have to change his game and make him yeah. more versatile and make him be able to handle situations where he can't go to DeAndre Hopkins. Because like that, I, that I, and that's kind of what I was adhering to, but not explaining it particularly well is mm. that if you spend the whole time targeting Jandre Hopkins, the defense knows what you're doing, the offense knows what you're doing. Yeah. Granted, the defense can't stop it a lot of the time, but it's not like they're big splash plays that are getting you loads of yards and making a massive difference. Like the dude is, is barely averaging a first down on, on each of his catches. Okay, though. Good feelings shared. <laughs> we'll see. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, though. Get ready. So we're going to do a weekly section where we explain um, parts of our league. Uh, the league and coming up this week we're going to explain our destination draft which i guess we completely stole i mean feel free to correct me here boys but we stole this from from the show the league and their and their vegas draft and we decided to do our first draft in nuki which is you know a lot lesser on the terms of global um (laughs) it's been it's been called the vegas of the uk (laughs) at least by me I think it might be worth just going back like, like quickly and, and explain, I guess, like for, for our league, all, all of us played American football on the same university team, which uh, most of our core listening fan base will be well aware of. The boys. <laughs> the boys. Uh, but these days, a lot of us don't get to see each other as much. So, uh, you know, draft is one of those occasions where it's an excuse for us all to get together. And I think it's an event that we all look forward to every year. And we only enhance that by not only doing it as a uh, as a location draft, so somewhere away from home for all of us, but also by having it be a big old surprise, which is which is good fun for everyone involved. So none of us know where the draft is going to be except for the organiser. And the organiser is always the winner of the regular season, previous regular season. They organise the draft and the rest of us don't find out until the day that we have to travel which is uh, pretty good, pretty fun, pretty exciting. Or or if you're some members of our league who suffer from some sort of form of travel anxiety, then it's uh, very worrying, it apparently. <laughs> Worst day of the year. I had to recently explain it to my parents. I had to, I had to explain that I was going to go away in August. And they were like, okay, where are you going? That would be nice. I'd be like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, yeah. what, what, what do you mean you don't know? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to find out until on the day. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but... Uh, but like what, what how are you gonna get there it, how, how do you know how far it's gonna be when you're gonna have to set off and i was like this, I, I regret even telling you that i was going anywhere <laughs> you are bumming me out man <laughs> <laughs> 
that's where they think of this is a great idea when actually it's probably pretty stupid and it will stress a lot of people out that maybe aren't us but this is one of the reasons why we're opening this up to to the podcast is i guess in the hope that we can kind of inspire um some of you guys to up your draft game yeah get it to god status just to compare that just to compare that Lindley to to what my granddad said when I told him where I was going last year, he turned around and I, I told him I was like, oh, I don't know where I'm going yet. He's like, oh no, you're gonna have to pack jeans and swimming shorts. I was like, well, yeah, that is <laughs> that, that's that a is prerequisite of any destination draft. Though. <laughs> that is. <laughs> not, is it even a draft if there's not a hot tub? Like, yeah. <laughs> Swim gear, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of anything better than shoving 15 drunk guys into a hot tub and get them all boasting about how good their team is. Especially when that hot tub is designed to hold six people. Yeah. <laughs> Getting cosy. When you know six of the 12 teams are awful as well. <laughs> <laughs> Draft order is determined uh, by activities that we do on the day. Um, for instance, one of our members um, is incredibly good at shooting and decided to do, uh, what was it, clay pigeon shooting, and therefore got to d- decide where he drafted him first. Did he go first overall? He he did. No, he, he, sec- he was up there, though, because we, had, we had a number of activities that day. But yeah. We also have that silly uh, game where we mess everyone's draft around, even if you do finish with the... <laughs> I believe anyway. it's known as the Nightingale Method, and it's... <laughs> core principle of our draft picking <laughs> strategy uh, in summary the, though, essentially that the nightingale method is spend all your day uh working towards <laughs> a certain goal and then at the end of the day go well that was pointless i'm gonna fuck this up and <laughs> essentially make it completely random again which is great but in in summary if we determine that actually deciding where draft was and and deciding what games to play to determine order could be used to your advantage and is therefore rewarded to the winner of the regular season. So yeah, so this year we're going to do a bit of speculation over where where we think we're going to be going for the draft. And I guess are we, are we going to nail down some guesses as well? Okay, okay. I'm pulling up a map of... I've got, I've got a couple of ideas. Go on then, Bobby. You've got a couple. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck it is that Riley lives. Where's Riley live? Marvin. Yeah, Morven. Near Birmingham ish. Ish. Lower than lower than Birmingham. Like Gloucester like directly Liverpool. north of me. Yeah, yeah. Like that way. Where is it gonna be, man? So so my first guess, which uh if, if it's not one for this year, I think it's definitely one for, for future years. It's a bit of a nostalgia trip for, for those of us who are esteemed alumni of the Bath Killer Bees American football team. A return to a place of, in some ways, happiness, but in most ways, great sadness for us. And that would be a return to the delightful city of Leeds. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Leeds, Leeds, Leeds. Uh, Leeds is a good town, big night out, good fun. And I think uh, there's a lot of emotional history for us there. Big night out, in the place. That's a great one. I know I yeah. left the Hawcroft in Leeds after uh, <laughs> performance in that final and I would like to go get it back <laughs> I did. left part of my soul there Aaron Lindley in the Deathly Hallows as he reclaims his Horcruxes <laughs> from particularly sad moments around the UK. But yeah, I think Leeds Leeds is a good one. I think I think that's a, I think that's definitely a potential potential location. Mm. Nice. Lindley, you go up next so that I can have more time to think. Okay. 
so I'm I'm not going to give I guess my methodology away uh, as mm-hmm. to why I've thought of these places. <laughs> Insider trading, I get you. <laughs> well, no, I don't want to. I don't want to give you two bums the idea of what. <laughs> where <I'm... laughs> anyway, I am going to say Windermere. Windermere. What? Windermere. Windermere. Yes. Uh, I'll say it again, boys. Is that, Windermere. Is that, is that, is that as in Lake Windermere? Is that. It is, Bobby. We're, we are going to hire a couple of canal boats and say sail around a semi sized lake. No. Um, the Windermere. I pick Windermere because it's one of the bigger towns in the Lake District. I, I could say the Lake District, but I don't think that's specific enough. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. No, no, I think I think Lake District is a good shout, and yeah, I think if if we were gonna go, then Windermere would be. I hope we're saying that correctly. Otherwise, we're pronouncing Windermere wrong an awful lot of times. Uh, but yeah, it's a good shout. It's a good shout, right? Benson, what you got? I am. I'm gonna rule out some things by process of elimination. It's not <laughs> gonna be Wales. It's not gonna be Wales. It's not gonna be south of me. Well, you can't go south of me because that's France, but it's not going to be to the left or the right of me. You don't think it's going to be another southwest adventure? Or southeast. I think it's going to be north of Riley. And judging from hints, it's going to be green. So I'm thinking potentially Peak District. Can I just say that so much of me wants to say Kettering? Um, just because I know how much <laughs> don't, do don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, All right. I am going to say Peak District and I'm going to say Bakewell just because it sounds funny. Bakewell. That would be like Riley to choose somewhere just because it's called Bakewell. And so he could. Yeah. Yeah. Make a <laughs> stupid joke. It's a fat boy at heart as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Words can't hurt him. Um, yes, they can. Do you want to do? Do you want to do one more? What a second? One more guess each. Yeah, yeah do one more each. I'll hopefully do two more, but one more. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I think I think for for my next guess, I'm going to predict that we're going to do the first ever repeat draft location, hmm. and Alex Riley, the uh, organizer of this is draft, is going to take us back to one of his favourite places from his childhood, which is the delightful Blackpool. Oh. Blackpool. I think Blackpool. I think it's going to be Blackpool round two. Cheap, cheap you... pints. Cheap pints. Absolute disregard for health and safety with regards to COVID. Probably <laughs> still dealing purely in cash, regardless of everyone else <laughs> using contactless now. I was going to say, can you imagine like how to make Blackpool worse? And the only way is add a pandemic. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of the locals kind of look like they've got COVID anyway. But... <laughs> but, I mean, if this ever did get past that friendship group, it's probably not. Like... Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to say that. Um, Double down. I like that, Bob. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. It's interesting that we're all going north. On... Yeah, I think I think the hints and the the what we've received so far suggest maybe mm-hmm. a northern one. So one thing that we do every year as well is we, um, well, not every year, but Theo started it last year who organised draft, was he got us all guessing three places where it could be in the whole of the UK. And if you, I think the closest guess won, won a prize. 
and two out of the 15 of us guessed bang on the right town. And I can't remember if Theo gave any clues. Because if he didn't, that is an absolutely mammoth effort to guess. He, he didn't. He said swimming trunks, didn't he, I think? He said swimming trunks. Um, the thing is, is, is I think, did I speak to you about it, Lindley, as well? And we guessed that it was going to have a weight park. So we... Did we? Yes, we I, did. I, because, he, yeah. Because he'd, because he'd, he'd done wakeboarding recently, hadn't he? Yeah. I knew that was going to be a strength, but even even then, knowing where weight parks were was there's quite, there's quite a few. But yeah, he didn't give any hints. Like I think Riley's handed out a few now. My only my only concern with Blackpool then, I think, is that it's not green enough. From what Riley's been saying, yeah. we tend we choose destinations that are kind of out the way a bit, so that we we can annoy as little people as we possibly can. Mm. So that being said, I am. Um, going to say a place I've never heard of before and I'm definitely going to get it wrong but Colwyn Bay which is up on the north coast of Wales oh yeah 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 Colwyn Bay okay I got you yeah Snowdonia National Park so yeah beautiful beautiful part of Wales interesting that's a bit of my childhood there that was where we holidayed a lot right that is oh, that's a good guess then. <laughs> yeah I mean he loves it right where the hell am I going to go Right, you've already gone the Lake District, which I think it could be. So I either go more accurate than you and try and guess somewhere, or I swap it over because I also think it could be the Yorkshire Dales. But I don't know, or maybe the Pennines. I'm not going to keep you going too long. Ah, we'll make it interesting. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go Castle Rig. Castle Rig, what a name. <laughs> where, Castle where Rig. Is that? That is within the Lake District, bit bit more northern than you. Nice, okay. bit more northern. Okay. <laughs> do you want to do one more, um, one more quick one, one more speed round? One more speed round. Okay. Uh, I think I'm gonna go Cotswolds, and I'll just be boring, and I will say Cheltenham, because again, I think, I think you can get some nice green bits near there, and then you've got a decent town to to go to if you wanted to. Yeah, if you wanted to go to a pub or grab a bite to eat or whatever okay okay i can go really quickly and i am going to say there's there's not many guesses down south and to cover all bases i'm going to say Catherine and just put it out there and if it's if it's nearby then maybe maybe i'll snatch one because the majority of the guesses are all up north so i might just win <laughs> by distance and i get to say Catherine again so where is uh castle rig that you just said <laughs> some it's tiny uh, little village <laughs> it's some tiny little village it's slightly north of um slightly north of windermere right okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go yorkshire dales then uh and i'm gonna say a place called sedberg um <laughs> Sounds it. sounds delightful. Just initiated is a a wealth of fun, and <laughs> there's there's a lot to watch. <laughs> and we are initiated. <laughs> Do we want to encourage our listeners to to send their guesses in to us? Oh yeah, see how they yeah. No, because that comes with admin, man. We don't need. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. true. Nah, chuck them in. So should we should we create an, an email address that they can ping them into? Send us in your guesses, and we want uh, at least two sentences on why you picked that place. Yes, uh, we'll yeah, read yeah. Some of the ones that we think are both the best and the most interesting. Yeah, good. I like that. I like that a lot. Right. Let's wrap this bad boy up with question time. 
So first up, how do you approach people reaching in the draft? Um, I've interpreted this as when we do these mock drafts and we see QB runs lasting until sort of, you know, round 11, when it actually comes to draft day and, and people are drafting early and there's a run of quarterbacks in, you know, round like six or seven, if you're picking on the turn or you're worried about not getting the player that you want, how do you approach that? What things do you change? Do you reach early in the next round? Do you take someone that you don't actually want to take just so that you've got somebody on your team? I think there's only two things that go into consideration for me. Most of the time, if people want to reach on players, I'll just let them go ahead and do it. And I, and I will, even if it means losing out on a player that that I potentially you know quite like the look of, I think if people are going to go early and, and try and get guys that they like, that that normally means that there's value to be had elsewhere in the draft for you. Yeah, whether that's a different position or maybe it's a different player that that you had initially considered, but now because of people taking other people, that player's dropped down lower than you would have thought. So I think you just got to, you just got to play the game a bit. But that said, occasionally I I have fallen into the trap, and and I know others have as well. Especially you know if you're talking later in the draft, you've had a few drinks suddenly all the all the tight ends are going, and there's a guy there that you really want, and you just go shit. And you, mm. and you know what? Sometimes, if you want to really, if you really want to grab your guy, you got to grab your guy. But I would resist the temptation where possible. Would be my advice. Lindley, what do you think? I've got a few kind of initial opinions on this. So, first one: people that are reaching on players, I think, hurt them, or voice your distaste in them reaching on players <laughs> that you like. Be vocal. That's that's your first comment. <laughs> yeah, but I think also it's it's a great time for self reflection, and you can look inward. You could say, am I getting really upset by these people who keep stealing my draft picks? And if you are, then there's a few things you can do. Uh, I'd say one of the things you could do is is change who you are. You know, ch- change the person who you are. That, that's <laughs> probably the hardest one to do. Especially mid-draft. <laughs> <Few beers down. laughs> but what, what you could also do is, is avoid picking on the turn. And so, you know, you, you can kind of react more. You've only maxed, yes. you know, like... 12 picks that's a good point as opposed to you know the 24 that you could have if you were picking on the turn oh, i hate the turn see i like the turn pros and cons pros and cons but like you say when you're talking about reaching and and like runs on positions then yeah for sure being in the middle of the draft is is more advantageous there because like you say you can react uh, whereas when you're on the turn it's great you get to you get to pick two players back to back you get two guys that you really like but sometimes you miss out on a huge chunk of, of stuff that you would want it's so hard to predict when, when you pick on the turn when, especially when the player that you were eyeing up and you're thinking maybe he'll drop to me and he gets picked like two picks before you're yeah. you next get to go it's hard yeah. to make that call cool, yeah it's hard wrenching yeah and there's an argument that if you are a player who who does reach regularly i'm looking at one particular guy last year who drafted latavius murray in like the fifth round if you're one of those people maybe avoid picking on the turn because i feel like if you're picking on the turn you sometimes know you have to reach on a player Mm. because although he's maybe you're picking him 14 spots higher than he should be you know he's not going to be there in 24 picks time kind of thing yeah 
I kind of mentioned this a bit last week, but I think also maybe changing your draft strategy to tiers and, and really avoiding the idea that you have one guy who and you're targeting one guy, having tiers of guys that you have with a similar capability as them. as them, And, and then at least when one or two go, then you won't be affected by people reaching. I know in my, my history, if I've found someone reaching, I just then reach again and worse than the person who... <laughs> I just find myself going out there. Reach <laughs> higher. Reach higher is the key. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that an S Club 7 song? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you took Latavius Murray. I'm taking Justin Tucker. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. He, he probably already picked him in the second round. Mate, so. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how I would approach it. And that, I think that's probably something that really I, I've actually thought about this offseason quite a lot because I, like last year I did get stung by that Latavius Murray picker, I was I was quite keen on picking him in the eighth mm. or the ninth, and it wasn't to be, and then that just completely messed up my head. Right, next question. Do you draft players from your own team? Now, this should be caveated by the fact that within our league, if you draft somebody on the team you support, it is an immediate punishment of, of one shot, which when you're trying to keep a level head at the draft, you're already a few beers deep, one shot makes all the difference. I personally don't let it interrupt my drafting strategy at all, um, which as a Ravens fan, the last few years hasn't been too much with, with only Justin Tucker being sort of right up there. But now with Lamar on the board and uh, Ingram and stuff, it's going to be a bit more risky. Aaron, I guess you, you didn't really care with being a Raiders fan, right? doesn't bother you that much. This is really something that I haven't had to think about ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing fantasy football for what this, I mean, this league is coming into its seven for a tape season. I definitely haven't taken a shot. A Raider, right? In like the <laughs> 10th round or something. Um, I, I'll, if I ever going to draft a Raider, it's often in the final round where, you know, I just kind of want to get involved in everyone taking shots and having a bit of fun. <laughs> Yeah, Tyrell Williams drafted him. I think that's true, but you know what? I, I, I was going to say, I think there is sometimes a little bit of a uh, uh, like actual tactics in, in like you say, those late round picks. Because I think sometimes, you know, you, when you're talking about those flyers or those lottery ticket players that you're looking at the very end of the draft, like I'm always more likely to to, to just know about guys that are on my team or or you know maybe in. In, in the same division as my team because you know you might read a bit more about those guys or know those guys and, and I, I'm always a sucker to, to take a niner and like it's a bit easier these days because uh, well, there's a few well there's, there's still only really a handful of players who you would take but in the past there's always always gotten like partway through the draft and there's been someone sat there and then I've seen Tevin Coleman and I've gone I'll take Tevin Coleman and then I've regretted <laughs> it <laughs> There's a few, I guess, caveats to this as well. Like one, you, I guess you get the people that completely avoid drafting players from their team in case, you know, they have that one week where they're terrible, the team is terrible. And then you don't want to double that down with your own fantasy player being terrible. <laughs> yeah. I always find it astonishing that there's there's a few players within our league who, despite supporting, you know, the Jets will still find themselves with, with three Jets players. And have done a shot for every single one. Uh, and maybe that comes down to the the overconfidence and thinking, you know, <laughs> you know what an NFL manager, head coach, or general manager is going to do. <laughs> this is the year. This is the year. Yeah. Final final question: What is your pre-draft prep 
what are we doing? Are we doing a thousand plus mock drafts? Are we buying a book? I think I'll I'll, I'll jump on first. I think mock, mock drafts are good. I like mock drafts. Uh, some people have differing opinions. I think it's always good to at least do a couple. Uh, just just because it's nice to see the flow of you know where some players are expected to go. Obviously, you know mock drafts only say one part of the story, and the way that your draft goes and the way that your log your league drafts is going to be uh, different. But I always like to do a few and, and get a little feel for what it's like drafting in different positions for that year. But I I think that the key thing for me that I like to do is just don't use the bloody ESPN or Yahoo Sports standard draft board for your for your prep I should say I should I should probably caveat this for our league we as we said earlier we draft in person and we we allow a single sheet of A4 handwritten a single cheat sheet that's the only thing you're allowed to bring in with you to your draft no phones no laptops no spreadsheets single sheet of handwritten A4 so some people in our league will just a couple of days beforehand go on NFL, ESPN, or whatever, take their top 100, 200 players and just scribble that down in the big old list, which is a terrible thing to do. Terrible. Now, I don't, I, I won't get into too much detail over how I specifically do my list. Uh, like Aaron's already mentioned, that he, he likes to, you know, tier players, which I think is a great, you know, a good way to do it. But um, whatever you do, at least, at least go in there and just, you know, make make some amends, make some changes. Don't just go off the off the standard one because that's how you end up with four tight ends <laughs> that's a good one yeah my my pre-draft prep is is really spend as much time as possible gaining as little knowledge as you possibly can in it all and result in drafting a very average team that does not correlate with how much time you've spent <laughs> <laughs> to to counter what you were saying Bob's, that's what i do i um especially this past few years i'll go on espn with a minute to spare and I'll write out my team <laughs> at, at draft and, and have that because I, I think I kind of do so much research beforehand I kind of know who my players yeah, are. Yeah so you can work your way through your list and, and, and pick and choose. But this year I kind of I've started doing like full projections and I mean it, you know it's opened my eyes and if anyone has the time to do that it, I think it is quite eye-opening to do it but I'm not gonna be really using that ranking list that much because I think yeah. there's there's certain factors that go into it that you know you should look at. There's certain there's certain um, metrics that I <clears throat> I look into every year to try and understand how my uh, my teammates are going to be drafting, which is more where I spend probably a disproportionate amount of time versus everyone else. I'll, I'll try and figure out how everyone else will be drafting uh, and go from there. Well, I was just going to add in as well, Lindley, that I think, like you said, your your time spent preparing and reading up about metrics and, and stats compared to your time preparing your draft sheet are completely lopsided. In the, <laughs> I've seen you scribble down the list of players in the car on the way to draft. Got my draft sheet's in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> one year, Riggins um, is going to be flying and I'm not going to even take a draft sheet. Going to be on one. I think well, I th- I think those those who who know our league will know that my my pre-draft prep from yesteryear used to be very limited in the fact that it would be download beer sheets for our current league settings and and there we go jobs jobs done. <laughs> but the the effort put into the sheet and the color coding systems was phenomenal. I mean, really outstanding. Oh, yeah. Top yeah. Um, admin. 
top notch. Top notch admin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotta get but some good the, color coding. Oh, that's it. But the the knowledge within my head was was very low. I mean, it did lead me to drafting three Broncos the year after they were good, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> we won't dive too much into that. But now it's you know, it's up there with the best of them. So how's that changed now? Um, I download it two weeks before and I don't have time to color code it. So that is, <laughs> that's where we are now. Nice. <laughs> no, in the last few years, I've done a few mock drafts. I've, I've read into it a bit more and just added a bit more of my own spin on stuff and kind of played out a few scenarios mm. of how I, how I would play it. I was going to say, it's quite interesting how, as the years go by, everybody seems to get a little bit better at their pre-draft prep except yeah. for like a certain few, and then you can kind of see gradually the pack moving away from a certain <laughs> My final top tip for pre-draft preparation. I mean, like last year was my was my best ever, best ever regular season finish with uh, coming second, bombed out the playoffs a little bit. But I think a big part of that came down to the advantage of the fact that I was on a very long stint of paternity leave. <laughs> so uh, my top tip for, for draft this year is just, get get your significant other pregnant and and then have a large amount of time off work <laughs> because when you wake up in the middle of the night you know doing mock drafts or reading fantasy news is is a great way to to while away the hours there you go very good point in this <laughs> in this current climate i feel like everybody's going to be a fantasy football professional with exactly that. you got the time no excuses <laughs> well we'll see how well theo does right he's been on furlough for four months Stakes are high, Fiona. <laughs> okay, boys. I reckon uh, we will call it there. We've got no more questions. we got anything else we want to add in at the end? Thanks for listening, everyone. If you've got more questions, send them in. You know, we like we like to hear we like to hear from everyone listening. See what you guys want to know about for the next week. Uh, if there's any if there's any segments you like or or you know don't like, let us know. The feedback's always good. And uh, we'll we'll do our best to try and get these out week on week moving forward. And I guess I also I bottled my two uh, draft beers this week, so they are popping. They're ready to go. <laughs> so it's not long now. August is here. Fantasy football is back, babies. Woo! Feeling good. Right. Cue Cheers, the music. Guys. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Peace.